The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys. Play to win, banksjones.com. The Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight, expertise, top guests. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. Ready. I'll tell you what, this to some extent just doesn't feel right. The fact that it's National Signing Day and there is not a ton of news. Um, not only with Tennessee, but across the nation, National Signing Day has definitely taken a backseat to the first National Signing Day in December, the National Signing Period. And I'll tell you what, Caleb, I could tell stories and stories and stories about National Signing Day. And as difficult as it was to cover, I do kind of miss it just a little bit because there were some pretty incredible stories out of National Signing Day. So we'll talk about the balls. They're not going to finish inside the top 10 unless there's a massive surprise, and there's not going to be. Also, a judge denies Tennessee and Virginia a uh, request, but says they'll likely still win the case versus the NCAA. A lot of legal ease. We're going to visit with T. Scott Jones uh, later in the program of Banks and Jones later this week, I should say. Look forward to visiting with him and getting his take. The legalese is getting just a little bit confusing on my end. Also, Tennessee only returns a very little bit of their production from last season. They rank not outside the top 25, the top 50, but even lower than that returning production. But I don't think that's a concern. Zaka Ziegler, I'm going to give him some props because I've been ripped a lot for him not being my favorite point guard. So I've cu- I've come around, Caleb, so we'll discuss the Kai Ziegler, the best Tennessee point guard since blank. And Tommy Tuberville has an NIL proposal that is just pure silliness. Caleb Calhoun, how are you, sir? I am good. Happy Wednesday, Dave. Yeah, it's happy Wednesday. It's not a happy National Signing Day anymore. Uh, Tennessee outside the top 10 that's where they're going to finish they've hovered right around 12 for uh, the better part of i would say six seven eight months once the class started to solidify a little bit so we have it on the uh, youtube page right now and i would love for you to vote it is our poll question not today's tough question that comes up a little bit later with jimmy himes jimmy himes the one the only the hall of famer the legend Join us. So National Signing Day and the Vols don't have a top 10 class. How does that sit with you? Vote now. Got one selection, still building, all good. Then you've got another that's kind of down the middle. I can live with it. And then you've got the third. Josh Heupel has to recruit better. Where would you fall out of those three choices? And go ahead and vote. We certainly appreciate it. And Fallout Zone, I'm with you, man. I I miss those days. I can remember one prospect signing with, I think it was Julian Battle that signed with Virginia or Virginia Tech, and his parents didn't write off on it. So you had to be a certain age. And Julian Battle at like 7 o'clock that night, 7 o'clock in the morning, 
He was going to somewhere in Virginia, and 7 o'clock that night, he was coming to Tennessee. I got a ton of stories like that. So, all right, here we go. Hit that like button, subscribe. We greatly appreciate that. It means a lot. The channel continues to grow, and we love you guys. You're part of our community, and I mean that. And uh, our sponsors also, we love them. They're part of our community. And if we tell you that they are fantastic to go to, you can absolutely trust us. No question about it. Campbell Cunningham, Taylor and Hahn. Enjoy life better when you see better. Local vision service for LASIK, cataract surgery, and regular eye examination. CCTIs.com. CCTIs.com. All right, Caleb. So, Tennessee, given that poll question that we have up on the YouTube page right now, where would you fall in that still building all good? I can live with it. Josh Heifel has to recruit better. I think long-term he does, but I don't think it's anything to worry about this year, believe it or not. And for some context, and actually we're going to talk about this later in the show with returning production, but for some context, Michigan hasn't had, a, has barely had top 10 classes over the past few years. I think they've had one. And I broke this down with Jim Harbaugh's, uh, my video on Jim Harbaugh on Sunday, the focus on Michigan was to get everybody to come back knowing they would be a more disciplined, focused team if they have more experience. And get in an, in an age of NIL, when players are transferring from place to place all the time, Dave, I think it's a safe bet. If you have the number of recruiting class and you have 10 five-stars, even Georgia, I bet only six of those five-stars are at Georgia within... Say Georgia gets 10 five-stars. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they get 10. I bet... The, even the best programs only keep 60% of their five stars within two years nowadays yeah. in age of NIL. Well, but but the transfer portal is a factor in a lot of the recruiting rankings, right? They re, rejudge these guys. No, they do. They These are just recruiting rankings for the 2024 class. That's the talent composite rankings you're talking about. This is just recruiting rankings. Okay, I don't so, think it's a big. So let me ask you, where are they in the talent composite rankings? That's not out yet. For, the, okay. for 2024. Uh, they need to be top five in that consistently, I, I believe. And uh, Tennessee, and, and, and the reason is because you're trying to overcome the most talented program in the nation, and that's Georgia. And I'm sorry, you can you can be insightful, you can be innovative, you can be all those things if you're Josh Heupel, but Jimmy's and Joe's win games, not X's and O's for the large part. So I think it has to be better. I'm actually going to say Josh Heupel has to recruit better, which is only 7% of the vote. Now, ideally, here's the way this thing is going to shake out. And I told you the market would shake itself out. And this is the way it's going to shake it, it itself out. Hit that like button. Go ahead and subscribe. The way it's going to shake itself out is that the good high school recruiting teams like Georgia, like Alabama, maybe not Alabama because Saban's gone, but the good ones are still going to be good. Those guys aren't going to get a lot of cash. So you're going to be able to save your cash to retain players and go into the portal and bring players in. That means that you they're almost separate departments within a football office. That means you should still be darn good in recruiting if you built those relationships. And I don't think that Josh Heupel wants to go into year five, six, seven without a top five class. Would you agree with that? Actually, I would disagree with that. And I'm just going to break it down. Why? Okay. Hey, Dave, guess where, Mich guess where Michigan was in talent composite rankings in 2023? Late on me. They were number 14. 
barely ahead of Florida. Because here's what talent composite rankings can't quantify. And this is where, in an age of transfer portal NIL, it's not just about talent composite rankings. It's about experience. It's about keeping your team together. And you saw that in the Rose Bowl when Michigan played Alabama. Alabama was the more talented team. I think you watched that game. I watched that game. We all watched that game coming away thinking Alabama had at least more talent than Michigan. But we also saw Michigan as a much more disciplined team, didn't we? And that's why they won the game. That's going to be the difference in this era. This is where you were ahead of the curve. And I'm I'm going to give you a lot of credit for this. You said as the market works itself out in the era of the transfer portal, NIL would be more focused on, there would be a greater focus on retaining players than adding new talent. Have you not noticed that's exactly what Tennessee did this offseason? They spent their, they focused on retaining players. I think because of that era, because of the NIL era and the transfer portal, having raw talent doesn't have as much value as it had five years ago. And the reason it doesn't have the same level of value is because there's a you need the combination of raw talent and having played together for a while. We're entering an era where it's going to be like basketball, where you can't win, you can't build a dynasty off one and dones. John Calipari has one national title in his career, given all of his NBA draft picks, because one and dones experience to a certain degree is a factor over one and dones. And I'm not some old guy that's like, you've got to play the seniors. The three years of experience matter so too, much. No, I'm not that too guy. early. Too early for the voice for me. Too early for the voice. <laughs> But the reason I'm I'm really serious about this is that having the most talented team this year is not the same as having the most talented team in 2015 because chances are the most talented team this year has played together half as long as the most talented team in 2015 did. And I think in the age of NIL and Transfer Portal, it is important to keep players more than it is to go after talent. And that's actually going to give an advantage to how teams apply their NIL. And I think Tennessee is applying it on Let's try to keep, yes, they they spent the big bucks on Nico Iamaliava, and now there's a lawsuit over it, okay? But at the end of the day, their big focus was keeping players this year, and that's a huge advantage. Let me ask you a couple of quick hitters. Um, and the message board, you can uh, you can jump in on this, and Fallout Zone, I'm going to steal your thoughts on another 10-win season. So I'm going to start with that. Another 10-win season, and Tennessee jumps in the recruiting rankings. Do you agree or disagree with that? If it's just 10 wins, I actually disagree. I think Tennessee has to jump way. I I think Tennessee has to do way better than 10 wins. um, Because I I do think. I think Tennessee jumps into the seven, eight category just by natural boost. If they're 10, because they make the college football playoff to get beyond that, be considered elite being the one, two or three spot. I think they've got to go deeper. So I, I guess I half agree with you. Half disagree, half agree. Okay, that's fair. Splitting the baby over here. King Solomon. We got a, we got a King Solomon. We got Dave Solomon. I hate that, I hate that term. It's such a terrible graphic. Um, so it, uh, my question is, second quick hitter, is there any concern that Josh Heupel won't be an elite recruiter Especially if NIL tends to even itself out. I mean, are the concerns about Josh Heupel being a recruiter, which that was the major concern when he was hired, are they over and done with? I think that, no, I don't think there's much of a concern because I'm still, I think Josh Heupel has the base level of work ethic in recruiting. I think that's shown. Now he doesn't have, 
I'll give him some credit. He doesn't have Lane Kiffin's level of approving, you know, flying helicopters to uh, high school games to try to lure players, as you remember, Dave, very well, right? With him and Ed Orgeron. Yep. Um, He doesn't have that. But I do think he has a base level. And I think once you're at that base level, usually the program starts to sell. The program and your wins start to sell themselves. So as long as Heupel's winning and Tennessee's NIL is up to snuff, I don't think there's a lot of extra work Heupel has to do. I think... And and this has been my, I think when you look at the success of recruiting, the program and the coach's resume recruit way more than the coach's actual recruiting abilities. Is that a fair? Is that a fair statement? That that's a fair statement. That that is a fair statement. And we, and we talked about retaining. So I want to throw this at you. Um, you would now on this national signing day that is pretty much nothing. Would you trade Cooper Mays for one five-star? Because that's what they had to go after. That and I know they're not apples and apples, okay? It's not NIL money, but it kind of is, too. You're going to have to promise a five-star guy some cash. Would you rather have Cooper Mays or a five-star, short and long-term? I mean, for the right, Cooper Mays. Cooper Mays. Okay, Cooper Mays. All right. Two five-stars. I, I, I might go Cooper Mace. I would I, I too. Still might go Cooper Mace. I would too. Three five stars. Yes, yes, yes. I'd still take Cooper Mace. He's worth three I five would stars. Too. I would. I would too. And he's the ultimate example of the retainage guy. Four five stars. Where do we stop? I mean, yes, yes, yes. Yes, I, I feel weird Cooper saying it. Over four or five stars. The 2002 class had five five stars. How'd that class turn out? Not great. All right. <sighs> five five stars. What, at what point would I have to get where you would say, I'd rather have that for the long-term talent level of the program as opposed to the elite player? And Cooper Mays is elite. He's all SEC right now. Okay, I'll go. I'll, I'll think I'll draw the line at five. I think five is a good line draw. And the reason I say five is at that point, it's like, okay, you're bound to keep at least three of those in the program, right? Probably. Well, that's the factor. And you brought up a great point. The 50, 60%, I think is a pretty good number of the guys that you're going to keep. So if, if Tennessee gets five, five stars, do they have two and a half because they have to split the wide receiver? Um, <laughs> at some point. Um, it would honestly be because of where Tennessee is in a program, and this would sound stupid, like Brock Bowers. Like, I'd, If I'm Georgia, I'd rather have a year out of uh, uh, maybe Brock Bowers, but I'd rather have six five-stars because I believe there's another guy that is a lower-level player than Brock Bowers, but a guy that can go ahead and uh, make plays for you and be a fill-in. So. And when you talk about 50 or 60% are actually going to make an impact because they're going to transfer any somewhere else, yeah, I think you have to get to five before you would trade a Cooper Mays for that. Now, Smoky Mountain Red says, and uh, let me bring it up, he says, sorry, Coop, but a solid five-star line with Nico, I will take that any day. You would be. T- it takes most of the time for offensive linemen. That's why I like Lance Hurd so much. Most of the time for offensive linemen, you don't even get in the rotation in the SEC, right? I mean, you're just sitting there trying to put on weight. So um, 
you would have that line be an impact maybe in 2025. It wouldn't be an impact in 2024, and 2025's arguable. So I get where you're going. Uh, Mead says all three stars in a boatload of steroids. Unstoppable, Nebraska-style. Bring it. I love it. Uh, Bowers is balding. I can diagnose that for him. It may be the juice. Is that what we're saying? That Brock Bowers is on the juice. So our new topic is, is Brock Bowers on the juice? Well, are we sure? Because we we heard Nebraska style and then I heard the juice and you know what I, you know where I'm going with that. So, well, listen, um, I'm kind of, maybe I'm a libertarian. I'm kind of of the mindset, as long as you don't get caught, go for it. I got no problem with that. Um, no, not with steroids. That ruins people's bodies. Okay. There was a suicide outbreak oh, no, of high school kids. No, it doesn't. Yes, I, it does. Okay. All right. No, it doesn't. Because I know people in testosterone that at 60 years old look better than you and you're in your mid thirties. So I'm just telling you now, long-term there might be an issue, but anyway, that's the problem. Long-term. If you're having to compete and play a sport, you're doing it over a 10 year period. It's a long-term. Well, would you rather, would you rather look buff and be a, a fantastic football? Oh, okay. Let me ask you this thing, Caleb. I'm not going to get too sidetracked, but if somebody came to you and said, I can give you this magic juice and it's going to make you the best broadcaster writer ever. And it's going to mean a financial change for your family and the family tree, but it's going to lop 10 years off of your life. Would you do it? Probably would, but that's not the point. Uh, you're right. I would <laughs> do but then the point. No, it's not. It's because not then, point. Wait, wait, here's the problem. Then to compete, everybody would have to do it. So even if you want to compete and you don't want to put your body at risk now to make it a fair playing field, you have to do that. That's my problem with steroids. My issue with steroids is not if a player does it himself and wants to ruin his life. It's that if it becomes widespread, then to compete, you have to be able to do it. Here, Here's the bottom line. And maybe, just maybe pushing 50, I've done my research. Caleb, um, there are performance-enhancing things that you can do, such as LASIK, okay? And I've done that, thanks to Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Han. There are other oh performance-enhancing – there are other – where you draw the line is interesting, but it's a lot safer than you might think. Um, the problem is you could get addicted to the results of it, and then suddenly you're not cycling off. Not that I've done any research. All right. <laughs> and by the way, women prefer the dad bod to steroids. That is true. Great point, Colton. Women prefer the dad bod. That Do they true. prefer the dad bod? I don't women know. I mean, I, I think... Okay, I'm very surprised, and I hope this isn't just blind allegiance, but National Signing Day and Balls don't have a top 10 class. How does that sit with you? Still building all good. I get 73% of the vote. I can live with it. 22% of the vote. Josh Heupel has to recruit better. 5%. Guys, I want to be honest with you. I think you're looking at this a little bit with orange glasses. I I do believe Tennessee has to recruit better long term. I don't think 12 for the next five years is going to make it 12th best in the nation. Do you? I know. I still think it will. This is my debate with you. I think it will. I think, I think because I think Tennessee is going to apply. Here's a way to think about it. Just one real quick thing. If you focus on experience, it means you're not going to be a powerhouse every year. Right. But that means every two or three years, every two or three years, you put a national title contender on the floor. Is that fair to say? And isn't that if you're Tennessee and you have a legit title caliber team every three years, isn't that a pretty good deal? Yes. Yes. There you go. Okay. I'm not, I I mean, I'm not totally arguing with you. I think you can do it more than one way. I think you are talking about Jim Harbaugh 
who's one of the better coaches of our generation, given what he's done in the NFL and college. So if Josh Heupel is that, then certainly he can take a bunch of 12th rated classes and turn them into a national champion. Uh, we're arguing dad bod. Dad bod, but they want the lights off. It's a fair trade. Hey! Whoa. City heat and air conditioning, 50 years in East Tennessee. Integrity matters. Don't trust a fly-by-night HVAC company to tell you that you need a new unit. That could cost you thousands or more. Cityheatandair.com. Cityheatandair.com. All right. This legalese is confusing. We're going to help explain it and why Tennessee is going to destroy the NCAA in court. Already shirts flying out the door. The NCAA or Tennessee and Virginia versus the NCAA shirts are there. So if we can pull those up, we'll take a quick two minutes. Then coming back, the very latest, which is a judge says, hey, well, you guys are going to win. Two minutes. Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker off Thug Sports. Sand and salt water. The beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Sports Treasures in North Knoxville is one of the South's largest sports cards and memorabilia dealers, featuring over 10 million sports cards from vintage to modern. Sports Treasures carries a full line of hobby boxes, singles, autographed memorabilia, Tennessee ball collectibles, fan cave decorations, and so much more. See a museum full of collectibles at Sports Treasures, 4819 North Broadway in Fountain City, and Sports Treasures on Facebook. Sports Treasures, where the real sports fan goes to shop. Have you seen the latest TriStar Hats Co. product? TriStar Hats Co.? What's that? You know, those really cool hats, shirts, tumblers, and even license plates with three stars like the official Tennessee flag and stripes like the American flag. Pretty patriotic if you ask me. Ah, gotcha. Seen those. Those are cool. Where can I get them? Simple. TriStarHatsCo.com. And if you order now, there's 10% on any order $50 or more. Plus, use the promo code HOOKED. With the promo code HOOKED, you get 10% off. That's HOOKED. And don't forget free shipping with any order over 50 bucks. Stock up at TriStarHatsCo.com. That's TriStarHatsCo.com. There are plenty of wannabes out there, so make sure you go to TriStarHatsCo.com for the best quality and customer service. Will do, and I'll be sure to use the promo code HOOKED. That's HOOKED when I do to save an additional 10% off. TriStarHatsCo.com. TriStar Hats Co. is a trademark of TriStar Hats Co. LLC. Any use without express written consent is prohibited. Four downs. Four questions. Four answers. The Dave Hooker Show. Four. Four. Four downs. A presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. Four downs brought to you by Dynasty Spas. The most comfortable spas made in the United States of America right here in East Tennessee. Drop in for the all-new showroom in Athens. Dynasty Spas, perfect for all four seasons. Four Downs, presented by Off the Hook Sports. All right, so let's dive into the very latest. Pete Nikos of On3 has done a good job of following this story with Tennessee, Virginia, and the NCAA. So what is the very latest? Four Downs brought to you by dynasty pools and spas let's jump in the hot tub with cooper mays cooper mays here hit like and subscribe all right what down coop coop here first down all right what's the latest deal as a basically a judge kind of gets in the way with a ruling but says that he thinks tennessee 
and Virginia will win. Uh, what can you tell us about the, the latest ruling, Caleb? So basically the latest ruling is that a judge rejected Tennessee and Virginia's request for a total restraint for a temporary restraining order against the NCAA's NIL rules. That would have effectively ended all regulations on NIL right now until this gets until this is over. The judge said, no, we're going to keep the regulations in place. We're not going to end them. But then also said this is being done on based on the consideration of the evidence that the plaintiffs are likely to succeed on the merits of their claim. So what the judge basically said is, hey, Tennessee and Virginia, y'all are likely to win this case. So this restraining order is not needed. So we'll let it stay in place now. Which also means, by the way, that Tennessee and Virginia and other places and other players too could probably seek financial compensation from the NCAA once they lose this case. That would be, I mean, would that not be classic if not only college football wins led by Tennessee and Virginia, but the NCAA also has to pay back some cash? That would, would that be not so be, epic. Would that not be as good as it gets? By the way, I talked to a guy with knowledge in the Super Conference. Look for 50 teams. That appears to be the magic number, what I was told. Okay. But well, that's that, the other thing. That was out of kind of left field, I know, but I just we're talking about the evolution of college football. So I was told 50 will be their magic number. Well, that's actually my speculation on this. I think one of the reasons the judge uh, rejected the TRO was saying, hey, t uh, college programs, I'm giving you time to get your act together, figure out how to create a league without the NCAA. I think that's pretty much what the judge told him, isn't it? Yep, I think it is. I'm going to leave the shirt up here for a moment that you can order and you can zoom in on it because I believe in you. You can go to our merch store and purchase the the NCAA versus Tennessee. It should be Tennessee versus the NCAA. I don't know why I keep saying that backwards, but uh, if you want to go ahead and order that shirt, I will put a link in the message board and you can also uh, check it out right there looks pretty tight to me all right what down now is it cooper mays cooper mays here second down it is second down coop and the question is is this good pub for tennessee or does it really matter i actually think it's good pub for the school because of the way Danny White and Donde Plowman responded. I don't know if it's good pub for like any of the Virginia schools because the state got on board. I didn't hear anything from Virginia Tech or UVA, and I don't think you did either. Did, did I miss something, Dave? No, that's a good point. It just seems like I, I don't know how Virginia got involved, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't either. But uh, I, you know, I think this is a good pub for Tennessee because specific, but specifically the university because of how vocal Danny White and Donde Plowman were. Look, they just came out and said, our players should get whatever the heck they want to get. They should make whatever the heck they want to make. And if you come to Tennessee, we're going to openly try to get you paid, and we don't care what anybody says. That's effectively what they said. Uh, Dylan says all pub is good pub. I agree with that 99% of the time. Now, you don't want to be Baylor or Penn State, but 90% of the time, I will agree with you, good pub is good pub. And I think Tennessee is painted as the school that is most fighting for the college athlete right now. And that might be a column. As a matter of fact, say something insightful while I write that down right now. Yes, Tennessee is actually... I <laughs> all, said you this say, all you got to do is say something insightful. I said four years ago, Tennessee could be a lead again if they got out ahead of the curve by paying players before it was... Right. No, you, didn't, you didn't get my joke. I was going to say something insightful, and then you say something insightful. 
Oh my gosh. I'm oh my gosh. Okay, I'm about to be a dad, and I have way better dad jokes than that. Oh wow, what down Coop, who's not a father? Tennessee center Cooper Mays here. Third down. Timeline on two things. When are we gonna see this case done? And when are when are we going to see a super conference? I'm going to say before this football season, this case will be done because it's moving rapidly. And I've already said that I think the super conference will happen in less than five years, probably around three. I think this case is going to be done within a year and a half. I do. I think it's going to be a year and a half. This case will be over. The NCAA will lose and the, and the NCAA, as we know, it is over. And I think at that point, the NCAA... At, I think there's a chance by – I think you'll see college football operating kind of a no-man's land for about three years after that, and I think by 2030 you have your super conference. A limited-time run on the T-shirt, the State of Tennessee versus the NCAA T-shirt. It is right there. We're not going to have it up forever, so please order now, and we will print all of those, and we will uh, get them out to you here in just about a month. So – uh, Caleb, someone asked when the due date was. Do you want to share that? Uh, I don't think there is a due date. I could be wrong on that, but I don't have the exact timeline yet for the for the uh, expected dates of the case. So uh, I was a big inducer. Kind of- I was a big inducer, but I still would drive like it was an emergency because that was an opportunity to open it up a little bit and drive like a hundred miles an hour down Kingston Pike. Just saying. Okay. I mean. Okay. Fun. All right. <laughs> If you want to do that, go ahead. All right. So what will eventually happen before we uh, jump with, into a conversation about basketball, football, and more with Jimmy Himes? What down will that be, Coop? Cooper Mays here. Second down. All right. Thank you. Here That's not go. second down. Is that second? What, Coop? All SEC center Cooper Mays here. Fourth down. Thank you, Coop. All right. Uh, the timeline. When will this actually happen um, or what will be, we've got the timeline. What will be the eventual ruling in one minute? We give you that answer. Having the best spas made right here in the United States of America in your backyard. Dynasty Pools and Spas, their showroom is open in Athens, right off the interstate. You can stop by and check out the best hot tubs and spas in the market. And then delivery, yes, they can do that. It's Knoxville or Chattanooga. They've got complete support spa cover and chemicals to keep your spa bubbling at its best. They also have pool chemicals as well. Dynasty Pools and Spas, amazing discounts for first responders, military, and even some blemish models. It can save you a ton, and no one will ever notice. Mention Off the Hook Sports, get $500 off. Mention Off the Hook Sports, get $500 off. Dynasty Pools and Spas. Go to DynastyPoolsAndSpas.com or stop by that showroom in Athens. DynastyPoolsAndSpas.com. Dynasty Pools and Spas. Okay, so we talked uh, timeline and the eventual ruling. Let's bring Jimmy Himes in here. Jimmy, nice enough to join us on a Wednesday. Jimmy, as far as the uh, loss, first, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Dave. Hope you're doing well, Caleb. I am. The lawsuit, Tennessee versus the NCAA, let me get your thoughts on uh, fourth down. What kind of eventual ruling, what will college football look like eventually when all the dust settles? Uh, 
you might as well ask me who's going to win the soccer league in Europe. I don't know. Uh, the NCAA is unpredictable. Courts are unpredictable. Where this thing's going to go. He, here is what I, I think is going to eventually happen. I think that you're going to see major programs in college football break away from the NCAA to this point. They're going to say, NCAA, we're going to set our own rules, our own guidelines. We're going to operate the college football playoff. We're going to have 60 teams, maybe 80 teams, whoever wants to join them. I still think it would be under the auspices of the NCAA, but the NCAA won't tell them what to do. They'll have their own rules. And the reason I think you you won't see a clear breakaway from the NCAA, I'm not sure how you can have a football conference, even a power conference, and not have the NCAA for all of your other sports. And so I, I think that's why you're going to see football have autonomy and then the NCAA basically governs the other sports. I could see that. Um, I, I I think that um, I think Greg Sankey is going to be the king of college football. Um, I think I was uh, so, someone told me the magic number was fifty in schools, and then Sankey would would pretty much head it up. Would would either of those things surprise you, Jimmy? I think the number would be more than that, but I I wouldn't be surprised. But here here's the thing too, and I think it would likely be Sankey. But I also think there would be some resistance from the Big Ten commissioner and the ACC membership because they're going to look, oh, well, he's just going to favor the SEC. So I wonder if you're better off having a more independent person running it rather than Sankey, although I think Sankey would be the most logical choice if they do pick a current conference commissioner. All right. Uh, yeah, let's um, to- yes, go ahead, Caleb. I know Dave didn't even give me the fourth down play, uh, Jimmy. He always forgets me when you come on. You ever notice that? He's like, "Oh, you know what? We could just kick Caleb off the show." Just a bad. I'm a bad co-host, bad person. <laughs> uh, all I was going to say is, I think you're going to see way more lawsuits come out of this after this all settles because the next round of this is if, is there's antitrust violation fights right now, and in about three years, you're going to see antitrust laws and Title IX laws come head to head with each other in mm-hmm. federal courts and there's going to have to be new legislation because if football breaks off, that's a blatant, that's going to be seen as a violation of title nine. And you're going to start seeing women's sports athletes and not just women's sports, but like male golf sports athletes suing that their, that their programs are not being propped up. So we're, we may be done with the antitrust side of this, yeah, but then we're on the surface of the title nine side of this. Help me, help me on that one, Caleb. Why would breaking off in football, uh, impact title nine help, help me with that well i don't know if they would if they're affiliated with the university there's probably going to be some legal i don't know what they are but my guess is there would be some legal loopholes to jump through to say you want to break off but you still as an affiliate of the university because you're still going to be an affiliate of the university at the very least they'll be selling their licensing yeah. name you know uh-huh. they could maybe the other women the other the other lesser sports could sue and say well, they're still affiliated, so they should still be un- under the fold with the rest of us. So we should all get equal funding, no matter who brings in the revenue. And it should be still treated in the socialistic way that it's treated. I'm just saying, I don't think we're done. I think somebody's going to sue over that. Okay. There we go. All right. Uh, this isn't for Caleb, but this is for our next uh, segment. It's what the H? What the? What was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. 
All right. Just doing a little research because there's been talk that Rodney Garner could be interviewed at Auburn. And I was seeing what Rodney Garner makes, which is in the $900,000 realm. If you look at the top 25 highest paid assistant coaches, they are all coordinators and they're all making over a million dollars. So is Joey Halsley at 1.2. We're at about the time of year where the raises will come out if they get any. Jimmy, you have to give out raises just to kind of keep up with the Joneses. But to me, an eight and four regular season was about as bad as that Tennessee football team could have done record wise. What are your thoughts on how you would divvy out raises, if at all, um, for this upcoming season when everybody gets new contracts and extensions and all that good stuff? If Auburn comes at Rodney Garner and they offer him a significant amount of money, I'm going to try to do what I can to match it as long as it's reasonable. If Auburn comes at Garner and offers him $2 million, see you later. If they come at him and offer him $1.2 million, which is what you said Halsley's making, I would match that. I think that Rodney Garner is every bit, if not more valuable than Halsley because I think Josh Heupel's running this offense. Halsley is the quarterback's coach. That's the way I see it. Heupel's the play caller. Uh, there's one other person on that staff that I think has done a really good job, and it may surprise you, but I think under the circumstances has done a really good job, and that's Glenn Ellaby. Mm. What has he got to work with? Uh. I mean, I, I look at it, and I, he, he didn't have Cooper Mays the first, what, four games of the season. I don't think they're extremely talented at these other positions. I think they're okay. They, they had some injuries. They got banged up. Spragans uh, late in the year had the torn MCL. So I think he's done a. I think he's been the second best assistant coach under Heupel. Uh, I would go Garner and then Ellerby, and then beyond that, I wouldn't give anybody else a raise. I think that's okay, fiscally so- responsible. Um, something tells me they'll all get one. <laughs> that's how you usually work. <laughs> I, th- I agree with you. I don't think that's necessarily what's going to happen, Caleb. So Jimmy. What about this bold move? Now, he's under contract, it's, and I don't know when his contract ends, but do you think Tennessee would ever do something as bold or Josh, I would do, ever do something as bold as to say, Josh, Joey Hosley, your contract's up. We're going to keep you, but you're just not worth what we were paying you before. So I think we're going to dock your salary about 400000 500000 so we can make sure to pay Rodney Garner. Do you think somebody would ever do an unprecedented move like that? I don't no. hate that. But I, I, Jimmy's right. No. He wouldn't, but I don't hate it. If you had to reallocate funds like those of us that are in the real world, Jimmy, and like you've got to allocate funds to build the deck and you have to take away from somewhere else, um, I wouldn't have any problem taking away some cash from Joey Halsley and giving it to Rodney Garner or another coach that I think is underrated given the circumstances is Tim Banks. Yeah, I think Banks did a good job. If you look at the numbers defensively and what they're able to do, uh, yeah, I, I, they ranked in the top three or four in most important categories, like scoring defense, total defense, rushing defense. Now, they were terrible in pass defense. But in those other three categories, they were in the top four or five in the SEC. Um, and, and look, I know that this offense does not lend itself to protecting the defense all the time. But a lot of times it was the defense's fault. I mean, the, the off, it wasn't the offense's fault that Missouri had a 20-play drive and converted six third downs. Okay, the defense brought a lot of that on itself. But the final numbers that Tennessee had uh, are pretty darn good. Uh, now, I think it's interesting. So if you play the game of this is our pool of money and we have to redistribute it, 
So, and you dock Hosley 400,000, then you tell Hosley, go get an NIL deal. Go get your own. Go supplement your salary <laughs> with speaking engagements, autographs, signing stuff. So there you go. Open it up to coaches. Th- we're talking <laughs> to the guy who oftentimes schedules people for the, the uh, what is it, the quarterback club? Yes. So maybe, maybe you could help them meet in the middle. Oh, yeah, we'd be glad to. You can come over. Uh, in fact, you can come over. You have to do a weekly 10-minute segment with the quarterback club, and then we'll help supplement your pay. What kind of cash are we talking? Uh, not that, not, not 400000 <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is the problem. Let's be honest. The minute you cut Joey Halsey's pay and that becomes public knowledge, you just totally wrecked his marketability as a coach. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah, it's not going to happen. Well, but you know what? Harbaugh took a cut in pay before he got that fired. That is true. And is then – after the cut and pay, they did some really good scouting, ingenious scouting to help them. Would they lose three or four games his last three years there? Yes, they with that the help is true. of a real with the help of a stallion recruiter. Yeah, stallion so, recruiter. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I mean, Jimmy. Did, oh, sorry, you go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. No, no, it's okay. I was going to get sidetracked and bring up the parallels between Sharon Moore and Philip Fulmer because I don't know if you noticed that Michigan didn't take off until Sharon Moore was promoted to offensive coordinator. And now he's head coach the same way Tennessee didn't take off under Johnny Majors until Phil Fulmer was promoted to offensive coordinator in 89. Not a reach at all, Caleb. Not a reach. Uh, former offensive, offensive line coaches, too, at the time. Well, well yeah. let's, see, let's see how he does. Um, Jimmy, do you, how important is it to keep some consistency with this staff? That being said, I'm not calling for anybody's job, but if there is going to be a change – can they upgrade from Willie Martinez in the defensive backfield? I think so. And, look, I, I like Martinez. I think he's a good guy. I think he's a pretty good recruiter. But the secondary's not played well. And and they've got to be better. The, the, in my opinion, the thing that would hold this team back for this upcoming season, I know you guys think they'll win 10 or 11. I'm not in that camp because I don't think their secondary's good enough. And I think they're going to get torched by some team. So – they, they need an upgrade with the production in the secondary. And I think they could probably find a better secondary coach than Martinez. Yep, I, I tend to think so. Uh, all right, uh, so J- Jimmy, to change gears on you a, a little bit, Tennessee, 94th in returning uh, production. And just on the surface, you would say, holy Hannah, that's going to be one terrible offense. But this seems to be – one of those exceptions which do you agree with that well i think it's an exception here's what i would do more importantly than that what's the production coming back from the iowa game oh nico samson yeah so i'd I'd look more at that than i would the season-long production so uh that would that would catch my attention more also you've got most of your offensive linemen coming back um so, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't bother me as much that they're losing that much production. I think that's probably overstated or overrated uh, because of the um, the number of um, uh, players coming back from a successful Citrus Bowl against Iowa. Yeah, I think uh, Jimmy's uh, phone is blown up because somebody else wants him to talk about the balls. The guy just can't retire. It, I feel like Adam Schefter. <laughs> he's on ESPN. Next thing you know, he's getting a bunch of phone calls. Yeah, that's all he's doing. Same phone calls. So, yeah. Uh, Take off, Caleb. What do you got? 
Yeah, so Jimmy, it's funny you bring that up because Tennessee is number 94 in production. It's because they're number 107 in returning offensive production. But Bill Collin, Bill Connolly acknowledged that 24% of offensive production is quarterback passing yards. So if you just added if you just added 24%, Tennessee's offensive production would be so much higher at that point. I mean, I'm doing the math in my head, funny enough, and I'm just looking at it and I'm thinking that they would be you're talking about 68% at that point and returning production alone. And that would put them in the top 35. So they're from 94 to 35. They return a lot everywhere else. And the point I, the point I thought of is 11 of the 12 teams they play next year are actually below them in returning production. Really? Yes. 11 of the 12 teams they play next year are below them in returning production. And so the, this is a very, I believe in the value of returning production. I do. For Tennessee, this is a very skewed stat because everybody who has a set of eyes knows that Tennessee is about to get an upgraded quarterback. That's a good word, skewed. I was saying overrated and all that, but it's skewed because, yeah, the quarterback play is going to be better. Uh, I think Samson is going to be a really good player, uh, in particular if he can improve in We've heard that for two years now, so, you know. (laughs) Selden. Well, and Wright wasn't that good initially. Jalen Wright wasn't very good initially. Remember, he got benched uh, after the LSU game because he couldn't protect uh, a hooker, and he got better at it. So, uh, you know, we, I think I think the, the offense will be – here's to try to quantify it. They averaged 46 points two years ago. Last year they averaged 32. I see him back in that 38 to 40-point range this year. Y'all may see higher, but that's about what I'm seeing for their average. No, I, I would agree. I think they approached the – the hooker year numbers in 2022, but let's, I think we all, well, not me or not you, Jimmy, but I thought Jalen Hyatt was a product of the system. It turns out he can run faster than a Porsche. So um, I may have uh, undervalued him a little bit, but I still think they can get close to those 2022 numbers with, with Nico and what they've got. Do you? Well, uh, yeah, again, they average 46. I think now they'll average 38 to 40, which is basically a touchdown more than they average under Milton, a touchdown less than they average under Hendon Hooker. But you know what? 38 to 40 points a game is pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, right the 46, there. they may never do that again. That's a school record. So if you get to 38 to 40 uh, with uh, Tennessee's schedule, I think that's a very, very productive offense. I agree. Portions of the program and uh, Jimmy's appearance today brought to you by Rick Terry Jewelry Design. They want to be your jeweler looking for affordable game day jewelry. How about the Fire Opals, the Tennessee tradition? RickTerryJewelry.com. RickTerryJewelry.com. Check them out. It's almost Valentine's Day. Don't mess this up. Okay? Don't mess it up. It's almost Valentine's Day. So go ahead and go to RickTerryJewelry.com. Jimmy, when you look at the players in the secondary, I'm going to give you three options, and if you could rate Mm -hmm. them for me. One, just not talented enough. Two, just not coached well enough by their position coach. Or three, put in a bind because Tim Banks likes to blitz a lot and likes to use unique defensive fronts with twists and stunts that can oftentimes lead to a bust. If you had to rate those three as far as Tennessee's issues in the secondary, how would you rate them? I would go with number two, that they're just not coached well enough. 
And part of that is look at some of the other schools that wanted some of these defensive backs or look at where they came from. Uh, I mean, you, you got one guy from Alabama, a guy came in from Auburn, you got a guy that came in from Ohio State. Uh, so, and, and, and I remember Caleb, I believe at the start of the year, really liked Jordan Matthews to contribute, a highly rated defensive back. What did he do? So I, I and then and Gibson started playing some more. I think they've got some pretty good athletes back there that uh, that didn't necessarily get the job done in part because of coaching, uh, a little bit of confusion back there, who's guarding whom. Uh, Banks does put him on an island with his blitzes. I get that, but I, I think the bigger issue is that I don't think they were they were coached well enough. Let me, let me ask you um, if, if I can. What was your impression of Willie Martinez when he was hired? Because he's been a long time SEC coach. Mm-hmm. But I also, I thought he was a better SEC coach, to be real honest with you. And I'm I'm curious, your impressions of him coming in, is this a situation where maybe he's just challenged as a coach in general? Or is this a situation where he's coming down towards the end of his career? Um, how... how why do you think he hasn't coached at a higher level? I thought he was average when he was here under Butch Jones. Okay. And I think he's average now. I just think he's an average coach. So, um, I, I and I don't want to bash on him too much because I, I, I like the guy, you know, but I, I just, I don't think he's getting it done. I think the results are indicative of that. And Tennessee's pass defense wasn't very good. And it wasn't because, the quarterbacks had eight seconds to throw the football. Tennessee was among the SEC leaders in sacks. They were among the SEC leaders in quarterback pressures. And so it wasn't like quarterbacks had all day, all the time to throw the football. And and, and it was, they were to blame. Uh, I just, I, I don't, I think there were some communication issues. I don't know if it's technique, fundamental issues or what it was. I just, I just didn't like the way they perform. And I think they have more talent than what they display. Great, Caleb. Yeah, so Jimmy, is is this kind of a? I wondered this because Willie Martinez is there. Tim Banks actually comes from the same philosophy that Bob Shoup came from, who we remember Butch Jones hired um, mm-hmm. uh, in twenty sixteen. Is this kind of uh, is there a philosophy that these people come out of, which was they were kind of early adapters of the nickel defense before it kind of became widespread and their philosophy was rather than coach defensive backs up, we'll just have an extra defensive back. And that's kind of the way they, that's kind of the way they approach it. And well, maybe. As, uh, I remember Bob, Bob Shoup has fallen off. Yeah. So ship comes in and they play Florida and Florida's got, I don't know, whatever, 63 yards to go to get a touchdown. And he's not even in a prevent defense. How stupid is that? Yeah. And, and ship's a smart guy. Well, what the heck were you thinking? So yeah, I, that I, was ridiculous. I, I just see some dumb decisions back there with what they do in the secondary. And so, yeah, that's now, now also interesting. I was of the theory that, hey, if you play a nickelback all the time, it's going to hurt your run defense. Well, Tennessee's run defense ranked among the best in the SEC. So it didn't hurt them there. Now, maybe that's a tribute to the personnel up front, the front four, the front six, Rodney Garner, whatever. But Tennessee did a really nice job of stopping the run uh, without much help from the secondary. When the secondary made tackles, where was it? Five, six, eight yards down from the line of scrimmage. 
you know, if you got defensive backs making tackles at the line of scrimmage or two-yard gain, okay, that's one thing. That's not what I saw. I also saw some very inept attempts at tackles by, you know, Kamel Haddon against Florida and stuff like that. So I just – overall, I just – I the, the five defensive backs, I don't know that I think uh, – you may be right, Caleb, about the, the philosophy there with uh, – well, we just put another defensive back out there. But uh, as far as the secondary is concerned, to me, that has not worked. Jimmy, give me the – I'm going to circle back to uh, Garner for just a second. And you mentioned LRB and we mentioned Banks. But mm-hmm. if you had to rate one, two, three in order, the three assistant coaches that Tennessee would least like to lose. Uh, I would say Garner. Probably that they would least like to lose Banks and LRB. That I would, would be my three. That's what I would say as well, Caleb. I hate agreeing with you guys on everything, but y'all are right. <laughs> the only one I would, the only one I would add in, and who I we've think been, is very under. Yeah, you know, we've been doing we've been doing this a while. That uh, Jimmy guy's like six decades there. Yeah. <laughs> So the only reason I would dis the only one I would throw in there that I think we're kind of underrating is two two I want to throw in that are kind of underrated. Mike Eckler is he coaches a lot more the he does a lot of the outside linebacker mm-hmm. coaching, which involves the edge rusher. So for a guy like James Pierce or Byron Young, he deserves as much credit as Rodney Garner does for that. And then also Kelsey Pope is a, I know the last year was a bit of a drop off at receiver because of the injuries, but before that, he was turning into a really good developer of receivers. I mean, he's the guy who found Cedric, T- who uh, turned Cedric Tillman into a thousand-yard receiver. He worked when he was an all-field analyst. Heupel had him and Tillman work together specifically, and then he got promoted to receivers coach, and he turned Jalen Hyatt into a Bolitnikoff winner. So, I think Kelsey Pope is a is a rising young star. Probably the outside of Ellerby, he's the best skills coach on the offensive side of the ball. So we've only had about half the people hit that like button. So do that now. If you haven't subscribed yet, do that. Uh, we certainly appreciate it. And, and Jimmy, I want to ask you this poll question before we talk a little bit of hoops. Uh, it's National Signing Day, believe it or not. Did you even know that? Yeah. <laughs> That's bizarre. Like I mean, we, so? Jimmy and I used to work. I mean, com- uh, me, me uh. him, and John used to work, what, a combined almost 40 hours on a Wednesday. Um, so... I'm going to give you this question. It's our poll questions on the YouTube page. National Signing Day and Balls don't have a top 10 class. How does that sit with you? Still building, all good. I can live with that. Josh Heupel has to recruit better. Oh, uh, I can live with where they are in recruiting. Um, okay. and, and a lot of that, what you want to do in recruiting is recruit good players at position of need. And one of the things you you – I hate to say you have to do this. It used to be you had to get a quarterback in every class, right? A really good one. Well, that's not as important as it used to be because you're going to probably lose one of the quarterbacks on your roster. And then you just go in the portal and find somebody else. I mean, look, the top three quarterbacks that are listed in the draft this year were all guys that transferred, right? That's yep. not true. Drake may did not transfer. I take that right. back. Uh, Bo Nix did. So if you took the top five quarterbacks, four were transfer quarterbacks for the NFL draft. So, but yeah. no, I, I think it's a, I think it's a solid class. You got to get uh, what they've got to do is either a better job of recruiting good offensive linemen. Uh, I think that's been part of the, part of an issue. They haven't had a lot of them that have developed into really good players. So they've got to do a better job in that regard. Uh, and uh, but I, I think they did a good job of filling needs with very good players. 
Let's switch gears just a little bit. Tennessee basketball in action tonight. <clears throat> Zakai Ziegler, the best point guard since. Because, Jimmy, I'm going to have to eat some crow. I wasn't a big Zakai guy, and I've been one over. I realize he's a defensive <clears throat> player to me. He can play a little out of control at times, but I, I get his role and I think I was a little hard on him last year and uh, earlier this season. So I'm, I'm I'm beginning to get one over by Zakai. He's the best point guard since whom? Well, and I there's a guy I really like. So uh, there are some people that may see this differently. I thought Jordan Bone was a really nice point guard for a few years, but to me, I would uh, I'd say the best in C.J. Watson. I thought Watson was terrific. I, I really liked yeah. him. I thought he. He was a good shooter. He was a good defender. He, uh, he racked up assists. He played in the NBA. He scored, I think I'm right about this, at least 30 points for two different teams at different times in his in the NBA. He didn't he didn't stick. I get that. But I would say since CJ Watson, who I thought was a really, really good point guard. Caleb, let me ask you the same question brought to you by Sports Treasures, carrying over 5 million sports treasures and so much more. Go to Facebook.com, follow them, Sports Treasures TN, Sports Treasures. TN, and they're going to supply us with some incredible giveaways on our uh, new Patreon group. We're going to name it Hooker's Corner. What do you think about that, Jimmy? I love it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we, we went with the brothel, and my wife vetoed well, that. Yeah. 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 The yeah. corner's better, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can be a John in Hooker's Corner and win all kinds of great prizes. <laughs> my first name is John. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb, what are your what are your thoughts? Best Tennessee point guard since I would probably go Watson. Maybe I don't like Bone quite as much as Jimmy, but I I thought Watson was so underrated while he was a ball that he was just like another guy. When in reality, yeah. he really he managed the game, and I thought he was an, a, a very good point guard. How about you, Caleb? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I would probably agree with C.J. Watson, you know, his last year with Bruce Pearl. And by the way, Jimmy, he actually was a journeyman for 10 years in the NBA. And, like, I, my thing yeah. is the way NBA players are paid relative to other sports, if you make it five years in the NBA, you're set. That's that's a success. Yeah, I mean, that, it's yeah. the most elite sports league there is, if you really think about the number of players who play basketball versus the number of roster spots available. And I think C.J. Watson would be on my all-time team of great players who had the unfortunate, who had the misfortune of playing for horrible coaches in Tennessee basketball. Because before except Bruce for the Pearl, last one, except for the last one, he mm -hmm. spent three years under Buzz Peterson. And, you know, Ron Slay's on that list. And I don't, you know, we have him on the show. I don't want to call out his coaches to his face, but like Ron Slay, CJ Watson, and Allen Houston are just like, I mean, you could build an all time mm -hmm. Tennessee team of great players stuck in really bad eras. And CJ Watson yeah. would be on that list. Yeah, he would be. And, and and I I elevated my opinion of him by seeing what he could do into Pearl. I liked him before. I saw what he did with Pearl and and I think Pearl brought out the best of him like he did in a number of other players including Dame Bradshaw for example. Let's let's look forward if we can and then Caleb I want you to jump into the um NCAA tournament. Everybody that fills out a bracket knows to say guard play is so important in March. But but it is, and Tennessee appears to have not just great guard play, because I wouldn't consider Dalton Connect a guard, but they've got a bunch of guys who can handle the ball on the perimeter. How how advantageous do you think that will be 
come March in the NCAA tournament. I'm sorry, was that at me? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's going to be huge. Uh, I, I do think it's a lot about guard play. I also think you have to have the complementary pieces to go with it. If all you have are guards and no inside game, uh, if all you have are guards and nobody that can get rebounds or stop somebody inside or score inside, that's a problem. But I do think that Tennessee has re- the potential of really good guard play, led by Ziegler, who I think is one of the best point guards in the SEC. Uh, I guess you would call Kinnett a wing. Uh, but uh, Vescovy has shown that he could be a really solid player for you. Um, I, I think their guard play is is really good, and I think uh, I think they have all the pieces to make a long run in the NCAA tournament. I, I really do now, because and I see an upside where I mentioned before. I think their ceiling's very high. That doesn't mean they're going to make the Final Four, but I think this is the best team, and they have the formula to make it. So, Jimmy. My big issue, and it's been an issue consistently, and it's actually a problem ever since Rick Barnes has been at Tennessee, because it was the same issue in 2019 when they ran about seven guys. Now they run about seven and a half, because you could say Toby Awaka plays like about half the time that way he should. Isn't that lack of depth going to be the one thing that holds them back in the tournament, particularly if Jonas Adu gets in foul trouble? Yeah, it could be. Um, I have... um... Uh, don't see it the same way as Coach Barnes in terms of playing your backups. I think he should play these guys more. Goodness, you're up. Was it against Alabama? They're up by 20 points, and Kinnett and Ziegler are still in the game at the final buzzer. What, what are you doing? Yeah. Well, I, I, don't, I don't get that. Get those guys some minutes. Uh, get Freddie DeLeon some minutes. Get those guys some, some more playing time. Uh, I do think they have the potential because you, you're basically going to go eight deep, right? I think they've got three guys off the bench that can be contributors for them. I just think they need to play more. Um, I, I think I think Ganey, with some of the three-point shooting he's had recently, can really help him. Milwaukee can help him. Maybe J.P. Estrella is a, another guy. We've seen some flashes from him. Uh, Cameron Carr had a pretty good three or four minutes in Kentucky. But I, I do think they've got to develop some of those guys, get them more minutes uh, so that they do have quality depth and a depth that you can count on in the postseason. Yeah, poor, poor Caleb got ripped on the YouTube message board for saying that Tennessee doesn't have depth. Caleb never said that. Caleb said Tennessee has depth. They're just not using it. Those are two very different things, Jimmy. And I wonder right. what I wonder what Rick Barnes's argument is on that. I've heard him say that you earn playing time. So if they don't practice Ooh. at a certain level that they don't play. He played Cameron Carr because he said Carr had a really good week of practice and that he asked Carr, if I play you against Kentucky, what will you bring to the table? He said, I'll get you an extra possession. And he did. He got a steal and the alley-oop dunk pass to maybe James, if I remember right. So, uh, but he, he bases a lot of it on how do you practice. And so that's what determines how much the guys off the bench get to play. So and Jimmy... Yeah, but with that thought, I get his whole point of you earn playing time. And in the tournament, you're right. You want to go eight deep in the tournament. I, I don't think depth matters once you're in the tournament as much. But isn't it important where even if a guy can't play well when you're playing a mediocre team to run a couple of guys out there that may not be that good just so your starters can be fresh when tournament time comes? Yes. <laughs> yes. You know? Yeah, so I don't want to hear late in the year we're leg weary. No. If you are, that's your fault because you could have played these guys uh, fewer minutes. And so um, I just I just see that a little bit. Now, 
he's probably won 790 more games than I have. I get that. But I just think same number he, of national titles. I'm sorry. <laughs> Y'all have the same, we, number, we have of the same number of national titles. And he's I only mean, been to one more final four than I've been to. That's just <laughs> that's just mean, Caleb. <laughs> it was, but I went along with it. Um, but I, I do think that they need to play their bench a little bit more. And and one one criticism of Barnes has been that he practices them just as hard late in the year as he does during the season, middle of the season before. I don't think he does that anymore based on what I've heard, uh, which is a way, which I think is what you need to do. You need to make sure that your, your players have their legs and they're rested and ready to go for postseason. Jimmy, have a blessed day, sir. I can't tell you how much you mean to both the show and the website. And we look forward to visiting with you each and every Wednesday. Dave, I appreciate it. Cable, I appreciate it. Y'all have a great day. Thanks, buddy. Have a good Jimmy one. Himes. And coming up on the program, I'm admitting that Sakai Ziegler is good. Okay. How's that? Is everybody happy now? I mean, I got torn up, torn up on the message board. Why a former SEC coach has perhaps the dumbest idea in the history of man, and it's politically motivated. No, we don't talk politics, but we will for a brief second because this guy is just trying to garner votes. And it used to be one of my favorite coaches in the SEC. Two minutes with Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment with a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Hi, I'm Rick Terry, and we at Rick Terry Jewelry Designs pride ourselves in the highest quality craftsmanship from a family-owned business here in Knoxville for over 35 years. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we also take pride in being an affordable option for all your game day accessories, especially those fire opals. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we want to be your jeweler every day and especially on game day. Go Vols! Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. We believe every day is a good day to be thirsty. With free samples on draft and lots of flavors to choose from, Tennessee Cider Company prepares a hard cider that's easy to enjoy. Some say it's the signature cider of the South. Others say it's the cure to your craving. They all say you'll savor every sip. The area of Gatlinburg has so much to offer, and so does Tennessee Cider Company. Add us to your list for shopping and fun experiences. You'll be glad you made the trip. Find our cidery in the Mountain Mall on the Gatlinburg Parkway. Sip smart. Sip the good stuff. Sip Tennessee Cider Company. Thirsty yet? Doors open at 10 a.m. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys. Play to win. BanksJones.com. Um, who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show, Ooh. a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. 
What's your favorite thing to do around the house? It gives you a sense of like accomplishment. Nobody loves doing chores. We all like to have people that did those for us. But actually, it's uh, cleaning up the kitchen after we've uh, cooked dinner for the week. Oh, we cook dinner on Sundays for the week, so we don't have to do it during the week. We we can just heat it up. But like, it's a big project, and so yeah. Caleb cooks dinners on the week. I order dinners every day. Uh, maybe I need to work on that and my expenditures, given what's uh, going on. All right, Tommy Tuberville has this grand idea that Caleb hates the absolute bejesus out of. Uh, let's go ahead and get to it. He has an NIL plan. And I don't want to blast Tommy Tuberville because I he's do. Trying- I <laughs> yeah, you're going to. He's trying to do his best. Wink, wink. All right. So what is this new plan? First of all, this is a proposal that was in Congress last month, the Protecting Athletes, Schools, and Sports Act. I'll admit I wasn't paying attention too heavily at the time because it was being worked out. And you guys know you never judge a bill. If you cover politics, you never judge a bill when it's first introduced because, Dave, you know, there's amendments and changes and thousands of things are going to be added to it before it actually gets passed. So I never judge it. Tommy Tuberville and Joe Manchin co-sponsored it. I was going to leave it alone until it came to the floor for an actual vote. But then Tommy Tuberville yesterday, in light of this lawsuit, decided to go on Outkick the Coverage and write an exclusive about the bill. And it's time for me to go nuclear on Tommy Tuberville for this. Because this is the giant fraud in the bill. And yeah, it's a fraudulent move and it's despicable. Well, can you we can know- give us the plan first? The plan is a national standard for NIL by creating a uniform contract. Basically, it would it there are three, there are four components to it that I sounds I like up. Actually, sounds like socialism to me. We're gonna pay everybody the same despite what they may actually contribute to said business or program. That's what it sounds like. Which is hilarious because Tommy Tuberville is one of the most you know, like vocal anti-socialist people in Congress. <laughs> so it's funny. And so uh yeah, this bill. A national standard for NIL deals by creating a uniform contract. It would require university. Now, here's the one good thing. It would require universities to honor the original scholarship made to a student athlete, regardless of their NIL deal. Now, that's a good thing. I can get on board with that. I think you could too. Right, Dave? Yes, but I will tell you this. I had somebody that paid Tyler Barron a lot of money for autographs. I talked to this gentleman uh, yesterday. And he, he, he paid him for autographs, and now they're worth nothing because he transferred. So there also needs to be something written into a contract, whereas, hey, I'm going to sign some things for Louisville, or I'm going to give some of that money back. So there are all well, kinds of – I just want to throw that, that out there. That's the next part. The next okay. part is another good thing. I actually kind of disagree with this, but it's a transfer portal standard. This there is is you have to be committed for three years before you transfer. I, I think you should be allowed one transfer no matter what, and then you have to graduate before your second transfer if you have eligibility. Is that what do you think of that? Fair? Uh, Not fair? I think just like a job in the business world, you should be able to leave as much as you want. Um, and I I don't think it's good for college football, but to me, it's the law of the land of the United States of America. Okay, that's fine. And maybe you could go free market with the Tyler Barron thing and say, look, you sign these autographs. Uh, if you transfer, then you have to pay me back. You make him sign a contract that says if you sign these autographs and you transfer, then you got to pay me back everything I paid you for this. So there's ways to work around it. Now, here's the part that makes me angry. And here's the part that sets me off. 
because this is exactly what Tennessee and Virginia are suing the NCAA over right now. May, uh, it would, may I say something real quick? Yeah. This rant brought to you by the Hemp House, the premier hemp dispensary online with a wide variety, great selection, and strict standards to ensure you only receive the best in CBD or Delta products. Hemp House Chat with two T's.com. Hemp House Chat with two T's.com. Use the promo code HOOK for 10% off. They bring you this rant. And yes, uh, it this rant might have me on the opposite of hemp. But anyway, <laughs> um, we need hemp after this. Uh, I might, uh, Ed Orgeron might be supplying me for this rant. Uh, so. <laughs> All right. So basically, this bill would end pay for play, put a ban on it. Now, again, the antitrust laws basically make it clear that banning pay for play, banning's a player's market value. There is no way. Let's put this out front, Dave. There's no way you can ban pay for play and pretend that that doesn't lessen the money a player makes, right? Yes. That's part of your marketability and selling point. Yes. Now, what happens? Um, he also then goes on a rant against players unionizing because there's a proposal in Congress for players being allowed to collectively bargain. He says that would make NIL problems worse and no faster or better way to bring college sports to an end. Now, this is what's so hypocritical, and this is what makes me so angry. Okay. Every other sport where there's a salary cap or a limitation on what you can make or things like that, players collectively bargain, right? NBA, yes. NFL, NHL, MLB. Tommy Tuberville is literally trying to pass a law in Congress right now that limits a player being able to market his own, his own name while also not allowing him to unionize. I'm sorry, Tommy. It's one or the other. You can't have it both ways. And I, I, I completely agree with the rant. I want to add something to it if you don't care. Okay. <clears throat> the... Do you remember the talk about how NIL could create resentment because some player makes more than another player? Nico makes more than Ollie Lane or something like that. Do you remember all that talk? Yes. Okay. Well, that's turned out not to be the case. There's not resentment. You understand the quarterback's the quarterback. Now, guys that return, like John Campbell, um, uh, Cooper Mays, saw other incoming players getting money when they they had proven themselves. So, of course, they wanted more money, and that's very reasonable. I don't have any problem with that whatsoever. But if I'm Nico, where the resentment would start is if I'm making the same as Ollie Lane. And I'm just picking Ollie Lane back up offensive lineman out of nowhere because that's where the resentment comes. I'm worth more to the program than Ollie Lane and probably the other 84 guys on on the scholarship roster so i should be able to get more money suddenly you've you've put a, a hard concrete ceiling on what i can make that to me is as non-american as you could possibly be you deal with politics a lot um i i don't but to look somebody in the face and call yourself an american and a capitalist um and i really don't know is is Tommy Tupperville Democratic or is he Republican? He's Republican. Okay. So to but me, Joe Republic Manchin is a Democrat who is on board with this bill too. So it's, okay, it's, so, it's bipartisan. Well, for one, Tommy Tupperville wants to get his name in the news. I'm sure that's part of it. For for two, this is, I don't, I don't see how you can be Republican, which is about less regulations and expect people to look at you seriously when you bring something up like this. That to me is just very two-faced. It goes against what your party uh, stands for. And um, 
I'm I'm not going to take sides on a political situation or a political stance, but I will take sides on this. And that is, it's just stupid. I mean, to me, that sounds like that doesn't even fall in line with his own party. Uh, your thoughts, Don Self, State Farm, customer service still matters. State Farm agent Don Self has his uh, team take customer service very seriously for well over 40 years. They have built their business and reputation on taking care of their customers. College, Dale and Udawa, your State Farm agent in the greater Chattanooga area, donself.net, donself.net, right below or call 423-396-2126, 423-396-2126. So I wonder what other Republicans think about Tommy Tuberville's stance or is this something that's so unimportant compared to what's going on in politics that it just flies under the radar for them? Well, both, again, like I said, because this bill's bipartisan, both sides are in a way selling out what they claim to stand for. You're right. If you're a Republican, you believe in free market, you know, maximize your value. And Tommy Tuberville is literally trying to pass a law that won't let you maximize your value. If you're a Democrat, you typically believe in worker rights and collective bargaining. But Joe Manchin is out here saying, we don't want to let the athletes collective bargain, even though we want to take away their free market potential. Now, how hypocritical is that? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like... No, I, 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 very, very hypocritical. Travis brings up the point. The only way to monitor it is if uh, is is to only allow the schools to pay the players. That's it. I agree, Travis. But here has to, this has to be the response. If you get caught cheating, if the school is paying you a million dollars a year and you take a hundred thousand dollars or you take ten bucks for signing something as you're leaving the stadium. You get the hammer, right? If you're getting a million dollars and you're trying to find other ways and the school needs to monitor it and you sign a contract that says, I won't take any more money, and it's determined that you take more money, you need to get the hammer and be suspended for a year, right or wrong? No, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I'm okay with that type of that type, that type of uh, punishment. Um, now, what I would say, I'm, I'm going to add into this a couple of things. Um because Tommy Tuberville said something that Dave is so hypocritical for Tommy Tuberville, which is it's something you pointed out with the transfer portal. And he says, he basically says in his defense of this, he said, college athletics is one of the last great institutions that teaches our people priceless lessons like discipline, teamwork, and wait, 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 and commitment. Says the guy who left Ole Miss in the middle of a season, he's saying we should limit what athletes can do for their power because we're trying to teach them about commitment. What in the world are you talking about, Tommy Tuberville? You bailed on Ole Miss. Didn't he bail on Ole Miss before the last game of the season? And It's been a long time ago. I'd have to look that up. They had to hire David Cutcliffe to coach the bowl game, which never happens. Um, Oh, you're right. They did. Yeah, because that's uh, David couldn't be a part of the national championship game um, at the Fiesta Bowl. So, yeah. uh, tomorrow on the program, we are going to uh, continue to keep an eye on this uh, NCAA issue. Got a lot going on. If you haven't had a chance to hit subscribe, do that. Can we pull up the shirt one last time so people can order that if they would like to? And I will go ahead. It's the Tennessee versus the NCAA T-shirt. You can order it. Now, this is a very limited run, guys. I mean, we're not going to have this out there forever. It's going to be a couple of weeks, maybe three, and then we are going to uh, close it down and we're going to print all the shirts and send them out. So as we bring them up, we're pretty proud of it. It is a state of Tennessee versus the NCAA t-shirt, just $24.98. Why $24.98? Because 
24 is when Tennessee will win a national championship, and 98 is when they did. Pretty good work. If you want to support the balls, this is your best way to do it. Well, maybe not, but if you want to support Dave and his family and Caleb and his growing family, that's a great way to do it. For Caleb Calhoun, I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports.